so we watched it again last night, and the whole thing is Puss is running away from death. And death is this big, scary wolf coming for him. And it's like, you know, like, well, he he eventually, like, beats death, but death then says, like, you know I'll be back. And then yeah, well, Puss says because something in, clever. And, in, the wor- in the world, Puss always beats death. I mean, because well, he's got nine lives. Vaginas are the greatest. They, they, they right. are the progenitor. You know, so Puss always beats death. Yeah. Jesus. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. uses bad words. If you don't like bad words, maybe shouldn't listen to it. <laughs> On your post-it note wall, post-it notes of the wall, the thing notes, about no, the post-it notes, notes from the post-it wall. That's what I said. Sure. Um, you wrote, you wrote, and it really uh, stood out. You wrote that humanity will always be in a state of war of good versus evil, but not like you think. It's not one beating out the other. It's about which is which. Who is good, and what should we be fighting for? The problem is there is no absolute answer. We all think we're good guys, even the worst of us. And I thought that would be like that's something I would like to hear you expand upon it it came to me after a conversation with katie where katie not stacy right katie not stacy it was it was bordering on (laughs) stacy but i think that the katie uh that the thing that kept katie from getting lost in the stacy was when katie realized oh my way isn't the the right way. It was this like moment of absolute uh, an epiphany. This this confu- this like when when a child like first touches a hot oven, you know, or a hot flame, and is like, "Ow, oh, that's a thing that causes this thing." And huh, weird. I will have to remember that for the future. So what was the specificity of the uh, epiphany? That's what I'm trying to think of is like what we were talking about. I think it was, oh, because it started out as a little fight. Like when Katie says, like, I can help you with things. Why don't you come to me for help with everything? Because Katie, I, I don't, what, you don't want to help. You want to do things. You want me to do things your way. You want to tell me how to do things. So like, you know, all the little dumb fights that people have, in their marriages. Like when people get divorced for irreconcilable differences, it's usually over years and years of pent up annoyance over how someone is loading the dishwasher. Yeah, you my know? mom, my mom, I get, I'm going to interrupt for a second. My mom last night, uh, uh, she took me to REO Speedwagon. And it was funny because I ended up uh, giving my sister and my niece free tickets because that's one of the things my job is I have free tickets. And uh, mom and I sat up close and I had to work the event for the first part and then went and sat with mom for the rest of the, I mean, for the bulk of the concert, which was a lot of fun, by the way. Yeah. Um, But uh, at one point, we were talking about movies, you know, because we haven't had a movie day in a, a few weeks because I've been really busy and, you know, that kind of thing. 
And so she wants to see John Wick 4. <laughs> but she hasn't seen any of the John Wicks prior. And I said, well, then we have to set up some time for you to watch the John Wicks. And I'll watch them with you because I love them. Does and it matter, said, well, though? Because it, I feel like those movies are no, all kind of sort of the same thing. No, no, it's an expanding, uh, yeah, it's but... an expanding world building that I think is valuable, and I, to me, it's all boils down to him retiring. I think it all boils down to the very first, probably twenty minutes of the first movie, and if exactly, you get yeah. that, then the rest of it is just like, okay, now we're on the fucking roller we're coaster just on the ride. ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, yeah, we're going to watch it. And I said, well, I said, you know, and I said, even I think Dad will even like John Wick, and she goes, oh well. I'm not watching TV with him anymore. <laughs> I said, you guys are having that argument again? She goes, yeah, well, you know, it's just like I was the other night, I was sitting in the living room, and my dad wants her to watch TV in the living room with him because he yeah. feels lonely. Well, the fucking thing is my dad sits on days that he doesn't have dialysis. All he does is sleep and sit and watch TV, swamp people and <laughs> west westerns from, you know, 50 70 years ago and 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 so when mom's like finally it's like it's, it's night we're gonna sit down we're gonna watch she she looks at him she says hey you know maybe you'd like ted lasso mm. and my dad was like no no uh, and she said well i want to see the final episode of you because i've been watching that and i've got one more episode for the finale he's like i don't want to watch that i hate why do you always want to make me watch all this crap i don't want to watch and so mom just said fine and she got up and now shit for the last week she's just been watching television in her bedroom on her ipad because i showed mm -hmm. her how to do that mm -hmm. and and i when you talk about those marriage arguments they've been having you know my mom and dad are 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 a lovely couple they love each other deeply but jesus christ and i mean when they fight about the tv it is it's a defcon one it is serious they get so angry at each other about what they're going to watch on tv yeah i mean it's uh look man marriage is hard and tv is difficult and you put those two things together <laughs> and loading a dishwasher is nearly impossible. But no, I mean, that's like so many times and I can't think of any specifics right now. Because um, there's just so many, you know, it's death by a thousand cuts. So and I, this is, I'm not complaining about Katie. That I don't want this to be that no. right now. But it's just so many little things. And I, like I've said to her a gazillion times, what does it matter to you? How, why do you care? Oh, here's one. Taking out the recycling. So she will take the boxes and just like chuck all the boxes like in a corner. And I'm like, if you, I used to be like, why can't you just break them down and put them in the thing? She's like, I don't, that's not how I do it. I just, I'm like, fuck. all right, so that's what I do. And now I'm like, fuck it, that's just what I do. Like I take her pile of her mountain, her mountain range of Amazon boxes and I break them down. And I organize them. And then she'll say, why does it take you so long to take out the recycling? Just take it out and throw it in the bin. And I said a thousand times, I break it down and carry it out so I can carry all of it out at once in one, th in one go. And then I can put it in the bin in one go and it's all broken down so everything fits. Because they only pick up the recycling up every two weeks. And we have so many goddamn Amazon boxes because you never stop ordering shit from Amazon that there has to be room for the coming week. So, and at like, no it, point does either of you acknowledge the fact that 
it is the most pointless thing to recycle, um, given that almost ninety percent of it is going to go to right. the landfill. So you're going through all of this hoorah together oh. over what is effectively a pointless and meaningless task. Well, that's the other part. The the you can't recycle you can't recycle most things you can recycle cardboard boxes like that's it that's the only thing that i will actively recycle everything else if there's not a recycling because we don't have like a recycling and a trash um can like one for the other so if there's not like a, a big amazon box where we're dumping you know aluminum cans or whatever then that shit goes in the trash like i don't care because fuck it because they're not going to recycle it anyway the chances are they're not going to recycle it anyway so She's giving me this shit about how I take the recycling out and how I put it in the in the blue bin. And my response to her is, what do you care? It doesn't... You could do it your way if you were to do it. This is how I do it. If you want me to do it, this is how I'm going to do it. Back off. It doesn't matter. The job gets done. Leave it alone. So this was like the conversation we were having. It's like, you don't want to just like... Help. All right, David, here's how you think. How can I help you get where you need to be? It's this is what you're going to do because this is how you should do it. Any other way is wrong because this is how I do it. And it's a very evangelical Christian way of, of looking at things. And I, yeah, it oh dawned yeah. on me that, you know, Katie, who is not evangelical Christian, but grew up in very evangelical Christian world, well, of of course she's going to be this way with her liberalism because it's what she knows. So, and we, you and I have talked about this. We've written about this. There is no one evil and one good. Other than, you know, Skeletor and maybe Cobra Commander and for a minute in the 70s, Magneto, who formed the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, you but know, then even Magneto, <laughs> even Magneto was in some ways redeemed. Right, right. Magneto Negan, was redeemed. Negan in The Walking Dead is the, the single most evil villain I've seen in a comic book or a television show, and they managed to redeem him. Right. You know, when you watch He-Man or G.I. Joe, it is very clear what's good and what's bad. You know, it's very simple. It's very, And that's because it's a children's cartoon. In the real world, if we look at, you know, the far left and the far right, I think, personally, that the far left is closer to what I think is good. I don't agree with everything that the far left does, but I'm, you know, I'm clearly more left and liberal than the far right. Marjorie Taylor Greene, DeSantis, uh, Pudwacker, Jerkoff Boy, the, the Matt Gates, um, Lauren B Breitbart, they all think that they are right. They are all so certain that they are right. But the people on the left are like, no, they're evil. And Fox News is evil. But they don't think they're evil. And I don't think that the fight is over, like, it's not, you know, Kansas versus Arkansas in the Final Four. You're not rooting for your team because this is your team absolutely. You're fighting to get more people on your team so you can convince the others that this is the right way to go. That's all it, that's all it ever is. And we cannot agree on what is right and wrong. 
You know, in, well, in, in He-Man, they agree what is right and wrong. Skeletor is the evil one. He knows it. Everybody knows he knows it. And he's fine with that. I don't even think Hitler felt that he was wrong. George Bush didn't think that he was being evil. I mean, he called everybody else evil. But here he goes invading a country 20 years ago now. And how are things going? We still haven't been greeted as liberals, guys. Or liberators. No, we haven't. No, not at not all. Well, you know what it reminds me of? It's very funny that you say, Ross, do, do, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Dutat. Sure. Dutat. Whatever his name is. He's a conservative columnist. Sure. Duck Fat. Ross Duck Fat um, at the New York Times. He's a conservative columnist. He wrote a piece this morning um, that I read uh, about, you know, there, there's, I don't know if you followed this, but there was a, a very conservative person who is on a podcast with Brianna Taylor Joy. Um, I think that's her name. I can't remember her name is Brianna something, um, but she's super cute. Anyway, she asked her to define, I know she asked her to define the term woke uh -huh. and she, and, and what's gone, what went viral apparently was that she just had a really hard time. She wrote a book about progressivism and its ills, mm -hmm. but she could not like readily define the word woke. Yeah. And so Ross, Ross Duckwed um, writes his <laughs> definition and, and, it, you know, and, and he's trying to be as open. I just want to read this to you. I think it's very interesting. This is just uh, the last part of it. All of this is necessarily a cultural and psychological project, which is why schools, media, pop culture, and language itself are the essential battlegrounds. Yes, economic policy matters, but material arrangements are downstream of culture and psychology. The socialists have merely gentled capitalism. The environmentalists have merely regulated it. If you want to save the planet or end the rule of greed, you need a different kind of human being, not just a system that assumes racist patriarchal values and tries to put them on a leash. And hmm. I thought that's kind of what you're talking about is it's, it's not so much that the right, the far right or the far left are looking to change the system they're trying to change the human beings mm -hmm. that exist in the system right and and that is a very evangelical perspective mm -hmm. it's a very religious sort of i'm certain that i'm good and i'm certain that you're evil and the only way you, i mean it, you go back to like world war ii have you ever seen, I used to have a book, uh, it was propaganda posters from, American propaganda posters from World War II. Mm -hmm. And Ooh. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Some of Jesus. those are rough. Those do, oh my those God. Those hold up. The Japanese were just, I mean, they, they were, they they were presented up, they as rats. They hold up worse than a 1995 Friends episode. That, uh, no question. <laughs> which is saying a lot. Which is it's saying a, saying, a lot. Say quite a bit. And, and so, you know, but that's the thing is the only way we move the needle in, in, I don't, I mean, I would argue that this is sort of humanity in general, but I will speak specifically to the United States right now. The only way that you can actually move the needle is to demonize mm -hmm. anybody that might question your solutions. And, 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 and I think that's what the, 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 you know, the heart of your, you know, all of us think we're, we all think we're we're good guys, even the worst of us. And yeah. so I think you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the number of times that, you know, in in the same uh, situation, you know, late at night in bed with Katie, the number of times that we have had discussions about 
Ugh, fucking Donald Trump. Ugh, Mitch McConnell. Ugh, you know. But Mitch McConnell goes to bed every night, maybe worried that he's going to fall and split his skull open again the next day. But we can only hope that he's that he's doing the right thing. You know, he's like, yeah, I know there's a lot of people that don't like me, but those that do, because I keep getting elected for year after year, you know, or election after election after election, I'm doing the right thing. This is what I should be doing. This is the way. And those those idiots in Chicago, those Himmels, they're they're morons. They don't they don't know what they're they don't know what they're talking about. You know, there is but we are so sure that Mitch McConnell is wrong and he is so sure that he is right. But that's that's not it. Well, I, it you know, reminds me of it reminds me of a, a, something I heard Bill Burr say uh, on Conan when that was running, and it was around the time it was probably two years or maybe maybe it was after Trump lost uh, his rebid, but uh, his perspective on Trump was, "Hey, I don't like the guy either, but be honest, when he was elected, did your life really change?" Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's true. For we most of us, catastrophize yeah. For most people, for all, and I would argue that, you know, I mean, if you look, it's like, oh, well, it changed for immigrants. No, actually, it didn't. In fact, it got better for immigrants. Mm. Because Obama deported more immigrants than Trump did. Yeah. So it got better for immigrants. It got better for rich people. It didn't really get ostensibly worse for everybody else. And so I we mean, catastrophize. Well, there, was, there was his, you know, Putting the the judges on the uh, Supreme Court that ended up overturning Roe v. Wade, but well, and the argument that I would make is okay. Um, so now Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and 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 people have to work a little harder for abortions. And now twenty one states are banning abortion pills, which is ridiculous. Um, but it does put it does put that it because it was all Roe v. Wade, and I've said this before, and I've read about it, but I've I've I thought this for at least two decades, Roe v. Wade was a, was was hanging on to a right with the slimmest, the slimmest, the most slender of arguments. Yeah. And the fact that the fact that it hadn't been overturned in fifty years was actually <laughs> kind something. of a surprise. Yeah. yeah. And so what it means is that uh, those those of us that think that a woman has a right to her own reproductive health. Um, and and the right to kill babies is uh, you know those of us to believe that it means we got to work a little harder for an actual like a, 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 an ironclad right. We need a Second Amendment ironclad right. Mm-hmm. You know we need well, the Equal Rights Amendment that we've been trying to get through since the seventies. That and that's a great example of of what we think is right and wrong. We are so sure we on the left are so sure that abortion is is okay. And those on the right, or those more conservative, are so sure that it is wrong. And I see very clearly, I, th- I think, both sides. And I think both sides have really fair arguments. The pro-life side, which, you know, I, I'd argue they're not really pro-life as much as they are pro-birth, but blah, 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 whatever, for the sake of discussion now. Sure. You know, is it killing babies? Yes. Yeah. So what? It's 
It's a form it's of... This feti- it's this fetishization of babies, and they're real cute, and I get it, and we because, don't want to eat them because they're cute. That's how they're designed, but the bottom line is... And, and then I would say to, to the left... None to, of us really care well, about I, humanity. I would say to... <laughs> none of know, us. To my, to my wife or to my, my friends that, well, if it's not killing a baby, what's in your tummy right now? You're pregnant with what? What are you pregnant with? And again, that's you know, semantic w- arguments. But that's, that's what it why is. That's I'd say. That's what it is. It's semantic arguments, which is why when someone says, are you pro-choice? I say yes. And then I always follow it up with, I think everyone has the right to kill babies. Yeah. Because their argument is, but if you value life, I don't. <laughs> and none of us, and none of us, let's be frank. None of us really, really value the lives of anybody but our own. I uh, you know, I mean, I don't know about I mean, that. I mean, well, no, no, that's the thing. We're way too. We we want to pretend like we are. You know, we want to pretend like if somebody came after Harry and was like, "Well, I'm all right, Don. You like to kill babies. I'm going to kill Harry. Well, then I'm going to stop them and maybe kill them because I don't care about their lives, but I care about Harry's." Right. Okay. You know, and 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 in terms of like, okay, so oh my god, oh my god, there were sixteen people killed in a nightclub, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> well, let's just be let's just cut 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 to the chase. Sixteen people were gunned down on a nightclub, and we're gonna fucking whine and piss for like three weeks about it. But thirty thousand people die in a tsunami in Indonesia. We don't give a shit. We go, oh, well, that made that made like the third page of the lesser known news column. We don't really care that all those people well, but died. I think, I think there but that's thirty thousand. But you're comparing I, I'm, you're well, comparing I'm comparing brown people. No, I'm comparing brown people that don't live in America to high school students. That's what I'm really in America. But that's was, what I'm comparing. I mean, sure, I was. It's it's comparing apples to buttholes. I mean, and just. Not, not that one is a butthole and one is an apple, but just that they're very different things. Because the difference is this. One, yeah, one is our country. One is another country. So there's like, you know, take care of your home first. So there's that. The other thing But we is, don't take care of our home first. But well, yeah, but we, keep going. Well, we don't, right. The other thing is that, you know, a tsunami is an act of God where the nightclub is an act of man. So it's like something that we have more control over. Except wait we a minute, don't David, because we can't stop David, mass shootings. Wait, wait a minute. What if you're like me and you don't believe in God? Well, you can't call a tsunami an act of God. You can say a tsunami is a result of the fact that most Americans run their fucking air conditioning in the summer. Sure. Except that technically, from, and an, dr- insurance, and drive- from an insurance standpoint, it's still an act uh-huh. of God. Because in your insurance yeah, well, forms, that, you know, that's like act of God. That's, that's, that's weather, basically. Which is creepy that, that that's act of God, because if you don't believe there's a God, right. then uh, what the fuck does that mean? And Katie doesn't, so I don't know what the hell's on our insurance. I don't know why she doesn't take issue with that. That's what I'm saying. It's like we have very, and, then, and it's not to say that I think everybody is just shitty and selfish, but the fact of the matter is, for the most part, our self-interest always trumps our self-interest and this is not like oh bad people you're talking about how you know we all think we're good guys even the worst of us the reality is even the worst of us and even the best of us our self-interest yeah always always trumps the greater good it always trumps the greater good of course good. yeah and and because of that um you know you're going to have you so when you have moral arguments about Anything, economics, 
climate change, racial equity, when you have economic argument, when you have like moral arguments about these very sort of flesh and blood pragmatic things, um, personal interest is always going to trump what is actually a better way to go. Well, I think that, you know, one of the... Um the case for what's good, like actually defining a good versus evil. If we well, go back, if we go back to I've the... I've tried to do that, and I, I, I mean, can't. I, well, I mean, the closest thing I can think of is if we go back to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Like, that was the first time in the Supreme Court's history where they've taken a right away. It seems to me that when you take things, when you take rights away from people, that's a little more skeletor than it is the vagueness of setting up laws and, I, you know... I, I, I want to I back you up just one sec, because I've heard that argument, and for a long time I agreed with that argument, but then I had to hear, uh, I had to look at it a little deeper, because, you know, that's all I have time to do. Um, and there is the argument to be made that when the government, when, when the Supreme Court uh, agreed on Brown versus Board of Education... Mm-hmm. Um, what they did was they effectively took the right of racists to say, no, we don't want black kids in our schools. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Because up, because up to that <laughs> point, up to that point, <laughs> Jim Crow was an established right. Whether or not yeah. it was codified, it was established as a right that if I had a diner, it's my diner. I get to determine who can and cannot sit and eat in my diner, and I am a giant piece of shit, and so I'm going to say black people yeah. can't eat at my diner. That is, at that time, was consi- was basically a codified so, right, there you and go. they took that away, and they took that away. So there is there the argument go. to and say that it's not the only time the Supreme Court's taken away a right. They just took away a right that, that, we, that we didn't really like. Yeah, and so I've gone ahead and proved my own point in that it is not an argument of good or a fight of good versus evil. Which one's going to cross the finish line first with the most points? It's which one is good and which one is evil. That that is the internal the eternal struggle, except on Eternia, where He Man is good, Skeletor is evil, everybody agrees on it, and then they have cool fights. And now Warsack of the news. Lance Reddick of The Wire and John Wick star dies at sixty. I think you're leaving out an important descriptor. Um, okay. Suddenly, that he died suddenly, and and of natural causes. That, was it natural causes? Yes, yes, it was natural causes. Is suicide um, natural causes? Because that's what I'm betting on. I, I see. The thing is, I don't think it was suicide. Because um, you know, I think they I, said I, I suddenly. Didn't. Whenever they say like died suddenly. Well, I think what he, I think what happened, it, it was one of those things where he either had a heart attack or he had a, a yeah. an aneurysm pop or something like that. I think it was because I think, I mean, you know, what do I know? I don't fucking know. So the answer is I don't know. But uh, from what I understand about Lance Reddick and his career and who he was and his relationship with his wife, everything that I understand about it, which isn't that much is that he wasn't like, um, he certainly wasn't like a big drug addict, as far as I know. I don't live with him. The fuck I know. So right. when they say natural, when they say natural cause, I mean, the thing about it is uh, when someone dies and they can't explain it, they usually just say unexplained causes. But they, in every 
thing I've read about Lance Riddick, they say natural causes. That that is absolutely the lead of the story is that he just died. Mm -hmm. That it wasn't anything, it wasn't out of depression, it wasn't out of a drug overdose, it wasn't a domestic dispute. He it just he just died. And people do just die. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes and, you know it might have been uh, that he got COVID and COVID weakened his heart because we've seen athletes, you know, young athletes just dying randomly and tends to, the 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 tending or trending uh, explanation seems to be that uh, that's one of the side effects of having COVID is that yeah, yeah you can't really can't really play football. <laughs> yeah, I um. That's a that's a bummer. I mean, and sixty is young. That really caught me. Yeah. Well, that just yeah. kind of when I saw that, it kind of popped because I'm fifty seven. I was like, whoa, whoa. I mean, look, man, I've got I, I know people who have dropped dead at forty. You know, they had heart attacks at forty. Um, you know, when the shit comes for you, I just we just watched uh, Puss in Boots: The Last Wish last night <laughs> okay. again. Um, Again? Well, yeah, we took Harry to see it when it was in the theaters. Oh, okay, this is a Harry thing. Okay, got it. Yeah. I didn't know when you said that. I didn't know if that was a you and Katie taking mushrooms thing or no. if it was like a family thing. Okay, good. No, um, although not a bad idea there, Donald. Um, so we watched it again last night, and the whole thing is Puss is running away from death. And death is this big, scary wolf coming for him, and it's like... You know, like, the, the, well, he events he eventually like beats death, but death then says like, you know, I'll be back. And then yeah, well, Puss says because something in, clever. And in the wor in the world, Puss always beats death. I mean, well, vaginas, he's got nine lives. Vaginas are the greatest. They 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 right. are the progenit. You know, so Puss always beats death. Yeah, Jesus. Number two, pricey childcare is keeping many parents out of the workforce. Pricey childcare. Oh, so they don't go to work because they can't afford the childcare. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive. Like, yeah. how expensive is it? Because I don't know. I don't have kids. Thank think, God. Knocking on we're wood. Paying, we're paying over $2,000 a month for Jacob to be in daycare. $2,000 a fucking month? Yep. Where does that fucking money go? Um, that goes to people to watch our kid. So we can barely make enough to pay for people to watch our kid. Wow. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, there's socialization. There's, it's Spanish immersion. He's learning Spanish. He's not saying a damn thing yet, but, um, he's only seven years old. So I guess we'll, no, seven months, seven months. I was gonna say seven I, years old. He's I'm not speaking. So That's a big problem. That means you have a. That means you have a mentally retarded child or autistic. If he's seven years old and he hasn't spoken a word, that's a movie. That's no, powder. If, if he's yeah, seven, that's getting yeah, weird. If he's seven years old and not talking, I will say to to Stacy, "This is what autism looks like." <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is autistic. I am not, honey. I'm not autistic. I put the recycling out my way, but it's not an autism thing. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's uh, it's it is expensive and it is not easy and I. I don't know what the trade-off is. I mean, if we we could save the money and have the kid home all the time, but then. 
we wouldn't be making money for other things and I'd be distracted. It'd be stressful. It's, it's hard, what, dude. It is hard. What I, what, what I would argue is you could always do what my mom did. Which is? I took care of my sister. So have Harry take care of Jacob. Right. Okay. Now I did light the house on fire a couple <laughs> times and, uh, you know, and at one point, uh, the story goes that I wanted to mom, mom, you'd Vaseline on my baby sister. And I thought that was a good idea. So I was going to help the baby. And my mom came down one day and my sister was literally covered head to fucking toe. Grease watermelon. And she, yeah, and she couldn't pick the baby, couldn't pick my sister up to wipe it off because she was so yeah. covered. And I was so pleased with myself because look at this thing I did to help you baby. Were helpful. So maybe maybe mom's strategy wasn't the greatest strategy, but it how was certainly old, the how strategy. How old were you and your sister when that was happening? Um, I was five. She, no, and I was like four and a half, five years old. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So like, so how, her- how much younger is your sister than you? She's three and a half years. All right, so that's about. That's about the difference and between then, Harry and, and Jake. then once we yeah then once we got the school age uh, what she did was and I remember it we had this woman who had a house and her name was Marianne and uh, and mom paid her I don't know how much mom paid her but it could have been very much because mom wasn't making I mean mom was working like three jobs at the time and Marianne we would we would go to school and then after school we would go to Marianne's house and spend the afternoon. Uh, you know, and sometimes early evening because mom was working so much, uh, just kind of being at Marianne's house. And I always gave me a, I always had a hard time with that because Marianne had her kids and her kids, I mean, they were her kids, but her kids got better treatment than my sister and I mm-hmm. did. And that used to piss me off because we were kind of <laughs> like the, you know, we were the kids she got paid to look after. And so, right. you know, that was, that was kind of an issue, but I do still remember her name. Huh. I mean, and on the other hand, you know, when I was uh, nine, we had Sandy, who was the 14-year-old that my mom paid to watch us, who um, at nine years old I had sex with. So, I mean, you know, there's mm-hmm. just a lot of, I kind of, may, okay, maybe $2,000 a month isn't that bad. I mean, I, you know, and, and yet, like, daycare workers don't get paid a lot. So, so like, where's is, the money going? I mean, I'll tell you, this place that we're at with Jake, a lot of empty space. They've got it's a big space, and they've got a lot of rooms and a lot of great stuff, but they're not filling up that quickly. So I don't know what's keeping the lights on, other than and You're I two thousand dollars. I got to provide my own diapers for the damn kid. Wow! Where, like that's at a Harry's, rip-off. like the diapers were included in the twenty one hundred bucks, whatever we were paying for Harry when he was in daycare. I don't. You know, the workers should get paid. Like, I want people to make a living doing the job that they do, and it is important. I want them to take care of my child and teach my child. That's important stuff. Why don't you get an au pair? I mean, like a really hot, sexy au pair. Because that's and what then we need. Li- that's yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like, and take, take care going, of the boys. Here, watch me break down the boxes and take out the recycling. <laughs> yeah. N- number three, you sent this to me. Publisher deletes race from Rosa Parks story for Florida. <laughs> it's like the onion. It's like the Washington Post is like, you know what? We should try being the onion because that's what they're giving us. I, 
this is a DeSantis thing of removing all, you know, his the, the woke ideology and the critical race theory from all teaching. It, you know, say what you want about critical race theory. I don't feel like the Rosa Parks story is critical race theory. She was asked to move to the back of the bus because she was black. If you take that out, it doesn't make any damn sense. But but they did. They took it out. It's now she was just asked to move from her seat. Right. And then there was a huge protest. And <laughs> I imagine like, if I'm a kid, what the fuck? Right. And then Jim Crow laws were that certain people weren't allowed to vote. Certain people, well, or hold jobs. Well, why? Um, you know, cause they had weird, they had weird names. You know, well, yeah. who knows? They wore hats. <laughs> I, I, like, it, it doesn't. And so apparently, I guess the the publisher like they they pulled it. Like they're not going to publish it now. But the fact that they got there, yeah, that they actually that got to okay. the point. <laughs> See, that's like that's the kind of shit that makes Hannah Nicole Jones look completely reasonable. I mean. I just I can't wrap my head around that. Like how? Yeah. It's like the story of Passover without the Jews. <laughs> Number four: Weight Watchers closing more in-person locations and embracing weight loss drugs. You say Weight Watchers or just Weight Loss Centers? No, Weight Watchers. The okay. the, the Weight Weight Watchers, yeah. which which so promoted that, for decades. Yeah. Weight Watchers promoted for decades reasonable dieting, eating a proper you know eating properly, eating you know to, and, and exercise and taking a personal responsibility for your weight and actually changing your behavior. They have now decided that's no that's no longer a viable model for weight loss, and they are now closing their in-person centers and they are now embracing drugs that are effectively designed for diabetics that will make you lose oh, weight. This is the, uh, what Ozempic. is Ozempic. 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 Yeah. I mean, that feels irresponsible. It also feels like a really bad business model. Unless has Weight Watchers been bought out by Pfizer or, or Abbott or whoever's making Ozempic? Is that like... I, I, I don't know, but that sounds good. Like, that sounds reasonable. Let's close our footprint. We'll save those overhead costs and just push the drug. Because if it's Weight yeah. Watchers, like their whole thing is community and, you know, come together and look look at our points and great job, Mary, on this and that, whatever. You take that away and just like, ah, pop these pills. I It just, it doesn't seem like a smart business move. Welcome to a brave new world. Number five, the ICC judges issue arrest warrant for Vladimir Putin yeah. over alleged war crimes. He is officially a war criminal. Yeah, I feel like this is going to go the same way as Trump being arrested on Tuesday. You know, like, and, speak, and speaking of, our final and sixth <laughs> one is Trump predicts he'll be arrested tomorrow and... <laughs> In an amazing, like, like everybody be, should be shocked that Trump feels like he might get in, he might get arrested. So what does he do? He calls for protests. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that worked out really well uh, back in twenty twenty. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think that. Like, let's just combine these two. I don't think that. That's yeah. Like, has the ICC ever arrested anybody? I mean, I guess the Nazis. Well, that's the thing is, no, they don't actually have. Uh, there's no police like, force. Yeah, who does for the International Criminal Court? It's just that they issue that ultimately it is the body that determines who is a war criminal, who is not. But then what? But well, <laughs> then if they lose the war. Then they get prosecuted, like the Nuremberg trials. If they lose the war, so they have to lose. Because if they win, well, then they then what the fuck are you going to do about it? Like, it's sort of like if like Trump you're, you're won not, the election, gonna, you're not going to arrest Michael if, Jordan for gambling because he's Michael Jordan. Yeah. but if he was a loser, yeah, yeah. You it's sort of like Trump. If tr if Trump wins the presidency in 2024, what the fuck are we going to do to him? Zero. I mean, I, I, it's it's. We're all, gonna gnash and wail and cry like we did for four years. I mean, I, is is Putin a war criminal? I I think of what I've read in my you know limited knowledge of what war criminality, what those laws are. Sure, shit feels like one. I think Dick Cheney's a war but I think, criminal. I was just but we didn't say, but I think Dick you know? Cheney and Bush and Wolfowitz and all of those guys. But yeah. we didn't do shit about that. We sure love talking about it, though, don't we? liberals yes we what are we do. gonna talk oh. about brunch today <laughs> yeah but uh yeah and if if trump is arrested i god what is <laughs> what is that gonna look like i mean is it going to well, be another what it's, what it's gonna look like is if he's not arrested then the 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 far left liberals and all the liberal white women will spend a week not being able to work because they can't handle the anxiety they suddenly feel. Well, good. And they can save is, some money on their uh, child care by keeping exactly. their kids home from child care. Keeping their kids home. Yeah. And, if, and, the, and the far right will uh, protest with body armor, uh, poorly spelled signs, and rifles. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, it, you know, either way, you know, I mean, I guess, I guess if I'm given a choice... Uh, between reactions, I'd rather I'd rather just have a bunch of liberal white women piss and moan for a week, yeah. rather than you know a bunch of uh, insane MAGA guys like attacking buildings and shit. But on the other hand, <laughs> on the other buildings. hand, yeah, I'd really like it if I'd really like it if uh, he was arrested and like handcuffs and like. Yeah. And then as they're putting him in the car, they realize that the hair isn't even real. And mm -hmm. then the wig, the wig actually comes off. off. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's full on Lex Luthor. I'd love that. I would love, God, I, I want him to die in prison so badly. I think that's just See, a I don't great want him, way for him to go. I, I don't want him to die in prison. You remember the very first uh, death discovered by Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt in Seven? Oh, God. Yeah that's how I would like to see Donald Trump die, is just eat, 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 just like nailed yeah. his feet to the floor and have to be force-fed until his body burst. That is a fitting death for that man. Uh, he's almost there, too. Like, that dude is a bulbous, misshapen pillow left in the washing machine too long. Uh, by the way, I just went, and, and on this note, I just want to share with you a term that I had never heard that my uh, aging uh, father in dialysis used. And I had to, per I, 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 he said it and I didn't quite get it, but he's talking about, he's been a little, his dialysis running a little bit late because a giant 
like 400 pound man is now going in before him and it takes longer and this guy moans but they're not supposed to have visitors and then he says but his banjo ass wife comes in <laughs> and and i was like and i let him tell the story and then i stopped him and i said what exactly is is a a banjo ass and that was it that apparently she's very skinny on top, but she's got a giant ass. And I just thought that was like speaking, speaking of body types and Donald Trump, oh I thought, Ban- I thought banjo ass is one of the most creative descriptions of a body I've heard in a long time. I love that. I love that. All right. So banjo ass is another phrase I have to use this week. As well as don't lose any dick weight over it. That's uh, yeah, which which happened before we were recording. That, yeah, uh, yeah, that was a, right. that was an admonition that my ex wife had frequently. So when those I would are, try to lose weight was don't lose any dick weight. Those are so. un- two unofficial things for me to do this week. There are six things you should do this week. First official thing to do this week for you, dear listener, is a listen. Uh, it's to another podcast from The Atlantic, I believe is what it's well, called. That's um, crazy. Yeah, it's called Holy Week, The Story of a Revolution Undone. Uh, this is about um, Martin Luther King's assassination and everything that happens in the the wake of that, of that week. So super interesting. Um yeah, and who doesn't love talking about Martin Luther King getting killed? There you go. My first thing is a read. It is in Long Reads, longreads.com. It is an article by Kira Humpshire. It's called Age, Sex, Location. The subhead is chat rooms taught me everything I needed to know about what real people were like before I had to grow up and become one of them. What I really liked about this article <laughs> is, yeah, what, what I really liked about this article is um, you know, I know me and I think probably you to some degree are mystified by, uh, the younger generations and, and how it just like, I don't understand kind of where they're coming from in a lot of ways. And what I really enjoyed about this article is she basically describes how she dated and every interaction was predicated by the internet and mm. how you know, and it, it like I said, it's actually uh, uh, it's really well written. Um, it is, you know, it's it's that confessional first person, you know, I fucked a guy on Tinder kind of thing. <laughs> but it, but it starts it starts when she's like in grade school and how her first boyfriend DM'd her, and she had never met him, and he was like, "I want to be your boyfriend," and she said, "All right, I will date you for one week and then never again." And they met over like uh, Minecraft or some shit online and they dated for a week. She never kissed him. And then they're best friends and just played Minecraft. You know, I mean, it's like her relationships, her relationships are all sort of digital. And I just think it's a really good read. It's very interesting insight into, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say about the younger generation. It's like, okay, this, this helps explain something. I'm not Mm -hmm. quite sure, but I liked it. I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it and I recommend you read it. My next thing is another read from The Atlantic. 
Um, this is How Far-Right Movements Die. Mm. The decline of the John Birch Society offers possible strategies for containing the MAGA movement. I agree. I read it. Yeah, I yeah. got it. My I feel second like this, thing. This, this, oh. this uh, podcast should really be sponsored by The Atlantic. Like, I know there's not a lot of money in publishing, but my God, the push we give these people. We, we, do, we, do, we do push them pretty aggressively. It's true. Um, my second thing is uh, an HBO Max series. It's the second season. It just got started. I loved it. I loved first season. I'm loving second season even more. Perry Mason. It's really fucking good. It's, I mean, like I said, Matthew Reese is so good. Um, and the first season was sort of like, hey, here's this, this, this sort of gumshoe makeshift private detective, and he eventually becomes a lawyer. And uh, now he's da-da-da-da-da, you know, and now he's Perry Mason. This is him deciding whether or not he wants to be a, a defense lawyer or a civil court lawyer and sort of what draws him back in. Um, because if you watch the first season, here's a spoiler, he does get a woman off uh, who's been accused of killing her children. He gets her off, except at the beginning of season two, it turns out that she killed herself. After winning the trial, she kills herself and he can't quite get past the fact that he saved her only to have her kill herself. And so it's, like I said, this is some good shit. It's great period drama. It's great. Uh, it's so well done. Perry Mason, watch it. Did I recommend Perry Mason last week? Yes, you did. Yeah. Because um, it was also my thing, <laughs> one of my things to do this week. I was like, did I? Oh, okay. Because it is so It's so good. good. It is so good. The... But I've, oh, everything I've, I've got another thing. So I recommended it last week. You recommended it this week. Jesus fucking Christ. Watch Perry Mason. Watch Perry Mason, motherfuckers. Um, I'm gonna That's go right. The- Brandon Bruce. Brandon Bruce, you better fucking watch Perry Mason or I'm coming to Utah. <laughs> no, I'm not coming to Utah. Why would I ever come to fucking Utah? Uh, I'm going to go for the, the Atlantic hat trick this week. This is uh, another Holy week. shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a, a lighter some lighter reading uh, by Amy Weissmeyer. Judy Bloom goes all the way. A new generation discovers the poet laureate of puberty. What I love about Judy Bloom is that I, I read Judy Bloom as a kid. Um, I read Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing and Fudge, I think, was like the follow up to that. I never read Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Um, That's the only one I have read. So. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the only one I have read. Because I felt like a lot of Judy Bloom wasn't for pubescent boys. Judy Bloom no, was I, for pubescent girls. Oh, always. I mean, Are you always, there? Yeah. Me, Margaret is about periods, right? Like, that's yeah. Well, the reason the I thing. the reason I read it the reason I read it was because, uh, and I I don't even know how old I was. I was really young, but the girl I was, you know, my girlfriend. Sure. Whatever. The, whatever the fuck that means in grade school. It means uh, everything, was, Don. It means everything. Yeah. And she was reading it, and I and I was and and I I think at the time I was reading like because I was such an overachieving piece of shit. I think I was reading something like Moby Dick or something because oh, hey, fuck you off. know, yeah, I didn't understand anything, but I was like, I can read the and and she said that that her book was better than mine. I don't remember the book, and so I read her book, and yeah. it was good, as what, I recalled. 
what I love about this is that Judy Bloom, like despite me only reading one, maybe two of her books, Judy Bloom was like a constant just for children. Like she's Judy fucking Bloom. So anyway, this is a great little story just about it, it starts out so great that this this author, the author of the, of the piece, thinks that she got butt bed bugs and may have given them to Judy Bloom. And like in it, like Judy's like, well, hey, here's a, maybe another reason. Like the Judy Bloom is just like the constant support, no matter how old you are, no matter what stage of life you're in. She's just this wonderful, like this is life, and we've all we're all in it together, and it's going to be okay. <laughs> like, yep, yep. You know, yeah. So I like that. And my last thing is a do. I don't usually do this. I usually have something to recommend. Here is what I want you to try. Um, we all do to-do lists. I mean, everybody in the fucking free world, if you have any kind of, you, you make to-do lists. I encourage people this week to create a to-don't list. Mm. Hmm. You know, because uh, I, you know, it's one of the things that I, I just recently, because you know, I have to-do lists out my ass, and I realized <laughs> that to-do lists are really just setting you up for failure unless you are just absolutely motivated to get everything done. And our to-do lists are usually longer than, I mean, what I thought was funny is my mom was laughing, and, you know, because she's retired, so she was saying that her to-do list, because she needs to have a to-do list, getting up, taking a shower, getting dressed are all on her to-do list. And, and I thought that was funny because she, she, but she still felt like she had to have a to-do list. Right. I realized that most of the personal stuff is really things I don't want to engage in. It's things I want to avoid. And so I encourage you to make a to-don't list and see what that looks like. Interesting idea. Okay. We'll do that. And that's the show. That's the show. Sponsored by The Atlantic. <laughs> we wish. <laughs> and Perry Mason. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.